Alright, hey, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast. Today we really all been waiting for the 15th of June, 2023. Not because it's the 15th of June, but because it's a Friday. No, wait, no, it's a Thursday. Holy crap. Anyway, I don't know. I'm drunk. No, I'm not drunk. I'm sorry, it's a Thursday. Sorry if I got your hopes up. Take tomorrow off. Go ahead, burn a vacation day. Anyway, we've got a lot of stuff to get to and a bunch of things to talk about. Thanks to everybody for the messages about uh, the, you know praying for me and, and my digestive issues. So far, so good. The doctor, we've extended the, just to be safe. I, I'm extra paranoid. Just to be safe, we've extended the antibiotic regimen to, uh, for three more days. So it was seven days, and I said, I want to cram, I want to make sure, and he said, okay. So for three more days. So that's the latest there. I am feeling better. I just hope that it keeps going in the right direction. He's like, well, I don't know. I, I just, I talked him into it because that's what I desperately wanted. Anyway, God, Lord, what a day it has been. What a bunch of stuff going on out there. If you, it's, uh, man, I wish, I never wished before. But now I wish I'd worked at Starbucks just so I could have been fired for the color of my skin because there's a lot of money in that. And I like to see this. Look, it's not turnabout is fair play. And one of the things that drives me nuts about our media is this will be described in a lot by a lot of talking heads <clears throat> as a case about reverse racism. Reverse racism is it's a stupid term. Racism is racism is racism. Reverse racism would be not committing racism, right? It would be racism is discriminating against somebody because of the color of their skin. Reverse racism would be not discriminating against somebody over the color of their skin. It's, it actually is what we should all aspire to, I would think. But it'll be described as reverse racism. Now, what am I talking about? CNN reporting a jury on Monday found in favor of a former Starbucks regional director, Shannon Phillips, who sued the company for wrongfully firing her, claiming she was terminated for being white. Phillips, who worked for Starbucks for about, worked for about 13 years and managed a region of stores in the area. This is up in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia was fired after the arrest of two black men at a Philadelphia Starbucks in April 2018. Remember that? The New Jersey jury returned a verdict of $25.6 million, including $25 million in punitive damages and $600,000 in compensatory damages, according to Consul Matici Law, which represented Phillips. The jury ruled unanimously after the six-day trial. All right. Uh, Starbucks said it is disappointed and it's evaluating its next step. This verdict, they'll appeal and the 25 million won't stick, but this, this woman will get some money. 
This week's verdict is the latest development in an incident that has sparked protests and outrage. In 2018, the women were asked, or the men were asked to leave a coffee shop after sitting at a table without ordering anything. The men who declined to leave because they were waiting for a business associate were escorted out of the coffee shop in handcuffs after the store manager called the police on them. They later reached a settlement agreement with Starbucks at, and, the, and the city of Philadelphia. In a lawsuit, God, this is what drives me nuts. Get your ass out of the store. Instead of standing up for themselves and for their employees, because the place was crowded, they needed a table, and there's two guys sitting there not doing anything, not ordering anything. You're not a customer. You're a loiterer. They said, would you mind? You know, you got to kind of go if you're not going to order anything. No, we do mind. We're waiting for someone. Well, I'm sorry. That's not how this game works. You got to go. I don't know if they needed to be handcuffed, but I don't know that a decent human being would have needed the police called on them to leave, right? It's just one of those things where you're like, what is the deal? What is your end game here? What are you what are you hoping to accomplish here by being an obstinate jackass? You're not a customer. It would never occur to me to go to some business where seating is a priority and go, you know what? I'm going to sit here. I'm going to, I'm going to go to a restaurant. I'm not going to order anything and I'm going to be early and we're going to wait and it's going to be crowded. And I'm going to, you know, go to, go to a steakhouse, go to Morton's and ask for a tad, like a table, please. And so you sit down and like, what would you, what would you like to drink? Nothing right now. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, okay. I'm waiting on a friend. Okay. Okay. Maybe people want, the time they like to dehydrate while they wait for friends. And then, like, after 20 minutes, I go up there. Your friend isn't here yet. Are you sure you can't get anything to drink? Maybe get your order? Would you like something? No, no, no. We won't be eating. Or I won't be. I'm, I'm only here to meet a friend. I couldn't care less about anything else. Anything you have to say. Anything you're thinking. Anything whatever. Like, what? No, I'm afraid you're going to have to go. Because that's not how this stuff works. Well... How dare you? Now imagine a company that looked at that situation and said, yeah, that sounds about right. If somebody's going to loiter in there and you ask them politely to leave and they refuse, then you call the police. But instead, these guys got a ton of money. Starbucks is, oh my goodness, you're not white. Here's money. And the city of Philadelphia was like, eh, whatever, it's not our money, take it. So then, this is in a lawsuit first filed in 2019, Phillips said the company discriminated, discriminated against her because of her race when she was let go. The 2019 complaint said that following the arrest, Starbucks, quote, took steps to punish white employees who had not been involved in the arrest, but who worked in and around the city of Philadelphia in an effort to convince the community that it had properly responded to the incident. It didn't properly respond to the incident. The only proper response to the incident would be, yeah, we threw them out of our store. We're not a flop house. We're not a youth hostel. We're not a business. Me- you can have all the business meetings you want here. Order a cup of coffee. Order a bottle of water. Buy something. Then you can plant your flag in that table for a very long time. Eventually, we might say, hey, It's been seven hours and you've eaten your 50 cents worth of grapes or whatever. I don't know. I don't go to Starbucks, but you've eaten your 50 cents worth of grapes or drinking your coffee, drank your coffee. Maybe you wouldn't mind leaving. And if they refuse, then you lather, rinse, repeat. But the idea that you are entitled to loiter inside private property 
is asinine. Yet thanks to Starbucks, that's now company policy. You're allowed to go in there and hang out for as long as you want, particularly if you're not white, because they'll send you money if otherwise, and it'll cost them less money. Phillips, who at the time was overseeing areas including Philadelphia, said that Starbucks ordered her to place a white employee on administrative leave as part of these efforts due to alleged discriminatory conduct, which Phillips said she knew was inaccurate. After Phillips tried to defend the employee, the company let her go, she said. The reason for termination, according to the complaint, was that, quote, the situation is not recoverable, end quote. The complaint argued that this was... Pre, a pretext for race discrimination, adding that, quote, race was a motivating factor and or determining factor in Starbucks discriminatory treatment. Starbucks, of course, denied the claims, said in 2021 filing that after the incident, quote, senior leaders and members of partner resources all observed of Ms. Phillips demonstrate a complete absence of leadership during this crisis. Yeah, what is a complete lack of leadership during this crisis? You look at it and you go, what? You, corporate said what? Corp, the new company policy is do whatever the hell you want. Come in, bring a sleeping bag. Hey, homeless dude, set up a tent inside of a Starbucks. Who the hell are they to tell you to get out? So this is good for common sense. It's not a case of reverse racism. It's a case of racism. That was what was alleged. That's what the jury found. Do I know that it was race? I have no idea. But I do love seeing standards applied evenly. I do like seeing the people flinging the poo, catching a faceload of it back. Remember in uh, Animal House when Bluto starts the food fight. I'm a zit. Get it! And spits the mashed potatoes all over the guy's face. And then he stands up, food fight! Throws food, and then immediately runs out as everybody else gets made a mess of. Well, this is somebody catching Bluto at the door and saying, now I've got a big old greasy, I don't know what kind of pie is greasy, blueberry pie. And not particularly greasy, but I got a big old pie to shove right in your face. And that's just the way it works. So, yes, good on this. I have no doubt that this award will be dropped dramatically, probably down to one or two million dollars or whatever. They'll settle if the lady is smart and the lawyers are smart and Starbucks is smart. They'll just go, look, here's five million dollars. Go away. Non-disclosure agreement, et cetera, et cetera. And they'll sign that. The important thing isn't whatever the settlement ends up being. The important thing is the jury verdict. The jury verdict tells me that a good slice of the American people is seriously getting sick of all of this crap. They're seriously getting sick of all of this garbage, even in New Jersey, deep blue New Jersey. Now, some liberals are going, well, it's New Jersey. A bunch of white people in New Jersey. A bunch of Democrats in New Jersey. Doesn't matter. They'll turn on their own when it's convenient. But I don't know what the racial makeup of this jury was, nor could I care less. As a concept, I like this. Because then other companies will go, wait a second, maybe we can't go too far in pandering. Maybe we shouldn't go too... At some point, do not the testicles have to redescend? Maybe they were completely lopped off and you, you just get them fake ones or whatever. Get some truck nuts. Whatever. Put something there. At some point, does, the, does not the underwear 
have to have some substantive content in the front rather than just constantly acting as though it's coming out, you know, uh, acting, actually having it be out the back because they're scared. At some point, does that not have to happen? Now, Starbucks is a different breed of cat, too. Because Starbucks is a pretty left-wing organization. They are. Woke corporation to begin with, sort of as a business model. It's good to see them getting a big dose of reality rather than some company who tried to be normal and then overreacted going oh geez don't don't hate us we'll fire everybody who's involved nope 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 you reap what you sow and the only way to stop this insanity is to hold these people to the same damn standards hold their feet to the fire sooner or later they will discover the joys of a bucket of water all right speaking of things that uh, should never have needed to happen i don't I don't get this is, a head, this is literally me scratching my head. I don't know if you can hear that or not, but um, I don't get this move. I don't know who benefits, who's clamoring for this, who who wants this. Who the hell knows who this guy is? Politico reporting, and this guy. I mean, I guess it's good. If this were a Democratic field, this would be a big story because this guy would be celebrated for the color of his skin and not any i don't i don't know what his accomplishments are but the politico story miami gop mayor francis suarez filed paperwork wednesday to join the crowded republican field for president becoming the third candidate from florida running for the gop nomination suarez becomes the first hispanic candidate to jump in the 2024 race now i don't maybe he's a great mayor but at some point, if you're thinking about running for president, don't you have to, I don't know, raise your profile a little bit so people, when you announce, don't have to go, who? And he's mayor of what? He's only mayor. Mayor, right? Voters have elected Suarez 45 twice in Miami, which is one of the most important areas politically in the nation's third largest state. He's running against blah, blah, blah. We know he's running against... Another looming problem for Suarez is whether he can raise enough money from enough supporters to qualify for Republican debates scheduled to be held later this summer. I think you have to have, I think it's 1% in the polls and 40,000 donors or something like that. So we shall see. Suarez could also be hampered by his acknowledgement that he did not vote for Trump in either 2016 or the 2020 elections. I don't know why. I don't understand what people need to feel compelled to go. Who are you trying to appeal to? If you ever have any aspirations beyond wherever it is you are, you just either lie or you say, you know what? It's one thing I've always held sacred is I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. I'll vote for the Republican. But as far as individuals, I don't say who it is. The secret ballot is a sacred ballot. Some crap like that if you can't bring yourself to do it. Instead you get these people peacocking around like Larry Hogan going, I wrote my dad's name in. Oh, congratulations, Larry. How's irrelevance treating you? I voted for Trump twice. I'd vote for him third time. I'd vote for him. I'd vote for anybody who's opposite a Democrat. Period. End of story. Uh, Suarez also blah blah blah. Suarez is scheduled to speak at the Reagan Library in California on Thursday night. 
That seems like a pretty big promotion for the mayor of Miami to be able to go, all right, I've announced my bid for presidency. I get to speak at the Reagan Library. At some point, there has to be some kind of barrier for paying attention to it, doesn't it? I mean, look, you pay it. as far as this goes, it's a press release. But I would like to see a serious interview with this guy. Not because I'm sitting there going, he has no business running for president. He's an idiot. Who does he think he is? This is a disgrace, etc. Nothing like that. I want to be able to size this guy up. I want to know. Now, I don't want to see it done with Jake Tapp or anything. I want to see it done with a conservative outlet or Fox News or whatever. I want to see him and know what he stands for. I'll feel him out. I'm not, nobody is going to go and give one interview and have me clutching my pearls going, oh, my goodness. I've never seen anybody so wonderful. They are for me, but it would be interesting because I ain't hitching my wagon to anybody. And I know I get I get comments all the time on social media. You really hate Trump. I wrote something about how polls suck and are worthless and irrelevant and they're just made to create news. It was something Rush Limbaugh used to say. It was not controversial. And in the comment section, which I get a kick out of reading, there are people going, we know it. You don't like Trump. Well, tough Tough turds. Trump's gonna, okay. Trump's going to win. I don't know who I'm going to vote for. I see all of these conservative celebrities and pseudo conservative celebrities and pseudo conservative celebrity radio hosts announcing their endorsements for president right now. You're, it's way too early to endorse anybody. Anybody. That's like going. Uh, I'm going to sleep with you. And then you ask me to the prom. Like, wait a second. At least let me ask you to the prom. At least let them ask you to the prom first, don't you think? But instead, they've got their because they they look at their audience, they listen to their audience, and they think and they have their brands. That's one of the things that drives me nuts. Is they have their brands and they go, well, uh, this is my brand, so I'm going to go ahead and endorse this person. I'm going to stand up. Like, just let it play out. My endorsement is this: I'm going to vote for the damn Republican. Because the Democrat is terrible. And that applies from the top of the ballot all the way down to neighborhood watch, to anything. All right? I'm going to vote for the Republican because the Democrat is terrible. Really, end of story. Now, who it is, because if you sit there and you go, I will vote for this person, I'll never vote for that person, or I will vote for this person over that, you've just boxed yourself in for a while. You've limited yourself. It's the same reason. I don't think anybody in media should ever become friends with politicians. Now, they do it all the time. They're a bunch of uh, conservative media. They're not journalists. They're not really even pundits. They're pseudo-celebrities. They're just this side of social media influencers, maybe the other side of social media influencers, really, who are like, oh, we became friends with this person. Well, the second you become friends with that person you will no longer be an honest broker in regards to that person because they're your friend. What kind of a jackass would say horrible things or give us, look, I, I hope my friend loses or my friend is in the wrong here and do or say or convey something in a way that is honest and damaging to your friend. Nobody. You don't do it. I know. Every, God, I, for, I, I don't forget. I'm not going to say who I was listening to the other day because I couldn't avoid it. And um, this person was just nonstop telling you how honest they are, 
how wonderful they are, how they don't care about a lot of things. They don't care about money in particular, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, everything you're telling, if you have to, I say it all the time, but it's been a while since I've said it, so it's worth repeating. If you have to tell somebody what you are, you are not that thing. I promise you, if somebody insists that they are something, they are not that thing. Now, it just so happens that I know this person and know that it's not true, but it is... If if I sit here and, and tell you all day long that I'm a wildly honest person and I keep repeating it and I go back to it every so often, far too often than really would make any sense, you should begin to question my authenticity, my honesty. Trust me on that. If I tell you that I'm a really good this or I'm a really great that or boy, howdy, I'm super smart. and Oh, man, I'm funny. People who tell you they're funny aren't funny. People who tell you they're smart really aren't smart. People who tell you they're hardworking, eh, if they don't constantly beat on that drum, are hardworking. But if they do constantly beat on that drum, you really begin to wonder, well, when do you have time to do this hard work when you're sitting here pounding your chest telling me how much hard work you do? You know, that sort of crap. If you truly are something, people will figure it out. They don't need to be told. They just don't. I, uh, I want to play you some audio. I've had this audio for a couple of days. And normally when you have audio for a couple of days, it goes stale. It turns. It turns bad because everybody else has played it. Honestly, I haven't seen anybody else play this. I, not, I haven't been combing the dial or anything, but I, I haven't heard this. Anyway, I saw it. I captured it. And that was about it as far as this goes. And so I want to play it to you because it is, it's a perfect demonstration of how insane the left has gotten. This person, I assume, is a leftist. I didn't read the book Eat, Pray, Love. I didn't watch the movie Eat, Pray, Love. It's a chick flick. I didn't watch it. Uh, It's not for me. And I assumed that Julia Roberts didn't get naked, so what was the point? I watch a chick flick if... Never mind. But... It was wildly popular with ladies. It's a best-selling author. I don't know if she has more best-selling books. Probably people who write novels who have bestsellers tend to be able to repeat at that feat. Her name is Elizabeth Gilbert. She had a book coming out pretty soon. I don't know when it was. It was like in the next month and a half or month. But it was set, she describes it, it was set in the Soviet Union, in Russia, in the last century, in Siberia. Why? Because you need a setting that's very cold, I assume, and whatever, and it's some sort of environmentalist echo message book. All this crap. Left-wing message, left-wing author, wildly popular left-wing author, but now she has pulled the book. The book will not be released. Why? Because a couple of people have written her that you shouldn't be glorifying Russia in any way, shape, or form, even though it sure as hell doesn't sound like that she's glorifying Russia in the book, because of their invasion of Ukraine. I wish I were kidding you. I am not. She, she posted this video she made to social media. Hi, everybody. It's Liz, and I have an announcement to make. So last week, I announced the um, upcoming publication of my most recent novel, a book called The Snow Forest. 
that was set in the middle of Siberia in the middle of the last century and told the story of a group of individuals who made a decision to remove themselves from society, to resist the Soviet government and to try to defend nature against industrialization. But over the course of this weekend, I have received an enormous, massive outpouring of reactions and responses from my Ukrainian readers expressing anger, sorrow, disappointment, and pain about the fact that I would choose to release a book into the world right now, any book, no matter what the subject of it is, that is set in Russia. And I wanna say that I have heard these messages and read these messages and I respect them. And as a result, I'm making a course correction and I'm removing the book from its publication schedule. It is not the time for this book to be published. And um, I do not want to add any harm to a group of people who have already experienced and who are all continuing to experience grievous and extreme harm. Um, so that is the choice that I have made. And I've got other book projects that I'm working on and I've made a decision to turn my attention to working on those now. So I just wanted to let everybody know that and thank you very much. You believe that crap? Can you believe that crap? Oh, no, no. Some people complained that it was set in Russia in the middle of the last century. People fighting the Soviet government. That sure as hell sounds like, you know, uh, not a bad, I mean, the, the ridiculousness of fighting industrialization and blah, blah, blah. She is, um, she seems probably sympathetic to the communist cause, maybe not the Soviet cause, but the communist cause. Probably not a super big fan of money. But of course, if she can afford to pull a book, she doesn't need the money, right? She's got bestsellers under her belt. She doesn't need the money. It's really, there's a great line. If you've ever seen the movie The Aviator, Martin Scorsese starring Leonardo DiCaprio as Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes is dating Catherine Hepburn, and he goes off to Connecticut or wherever the hell they lived, somewhere up in that New England area. And they're all, all socialists up there, and blah, 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 and somehow Hughes says something about money. And the mother, all of Audrey Hepburn's, not Audrey Hepburn, not Catherine Hepburn's, family. All of Catherine Hepburn's family is just insufferable in this movie. I don't know if they're insufferable in real life or not, but they're just insufferable like modern Democrats at this thing. Talking, not listening, indifferent to what anybody else says or has to say about anything. It was just really horrible, horrible people. And Hughes, like I say, mentions money. And she goes, the mother goes, oh, we don't care for money here. And Howard Hughes quickly and rightly says, that's because you've always had it. And he says, what? Like, that's because you've always had it. Yeah, people who've always had money or people who have more money than they need or want or whatever, know what to do with, are the people who absolutely positively go, well, I can just pull the book. 
What do you mean just pull the book? You're going to have to give the advance back. I don't care. We'll, we'll just hold the book and we'll give them half the advance back. And we'll Whatever. We'll just hold the book for a couple of years or months or whatever, and we'll release the book another time. Besides, I've got other books coming. I've got more money than I know what to do with. I'm, money's pouring in all the time. Julia Roberts' money's pouring in. She writes the kind of if, – look, if you wrote Eat, Pray, Love, whatever crap book you put out after that, they go, well, here's a million dollars if we can just uh, – we'll have a holding deal. We'll have the rights for this for a year. If we don't make a move on this, then you get the rights back and you can sell them. And she's selling these – it's a racket. It's a, there's a ton of money in it. And it, makes it. It makes it really easy to not give a damn about money. It makes it really easy – to having it makes it really easy to not give a damn about money. Now, I'm not going hungry or anything, but I went to the doctor today and I had to pay $411. <laughs> that was like, oh, man, this sucks. It wasn't like, I was like, just take it. Go ahead. Set it on. You want another 100 You want another one? It's the perils of not having insurance at the moment. But that's what you got to do. Just, you know, if you want to pray, eat, pray, or love, say, pray uh, that my family is good for a little while. Nobody, no kid does anything that gets them sick. But the insanity of this, we've seen this in young adult fiction. This is what the insanity of this crap is, where they pulled some young adult crap because it was written by um, a white girl but some of the characters were not white. It was a big controversy. I've got it somewhere all bookmarked. It's part of a a book proposal I'm putting together. But it is this ridiculousness of what the hell is going on in this world where you, you cannot write a character. Now, it's, it's messed up in that you, the left has made it so if you are not whatever minority it is, you can't write about that minority. But they've also made it so that uh, you have to have a very diverse cast if you ever want to have a movie. You have to have a very diverse book if you want to have a diverse book. And like, well, how can if I can't write about characters who aren't, aren't like me? How in the hell am I gonna? I don't know. You know, write a character who isn't like me. Well, just shut up. Meanwhile, they're redoing some like it hot with like a half trans majority black cast. How is that cool? How is that okay? It's the double standards. Again, this is what makes me so happy about this Starbucks verdict. It is a load of crap. Wait a second. You can do something and I can't. And it's based on the color of my skin. Didn't we see this movie already? I'm not itching for a... You know, if I'm a black guy, I'm still... I'm a little pissed off. Like, what do you mean you're just going to take this old white thing and dust it off and put black people in it? How about you do something original? How about somebody be creative? Well, it is creative. We've changed the skin tone. That's not creative. But since nobody's going to stand up to do that, I really look forward to seeing the all-white television movie of the week of Roots remade or uh, The Color Purple on Broadway starring Kevin Spacey and Steven Weber or something like that. I just It, it will never, ever be reversed. I remember I, I'm a big fan of Marvel. And I even watched Iron Fist, which ugh, the first season was not good. The second season was good. But Iron Fist is about Karate Master. And um, it's a white guy. 
in it. And there was a whole bunch of outrage when the actor was announced that the guy was uh, a white guy playing Iron Fist, playing the Kung Fu master. Uh, like, well, the the kid was white in the comic books. That's kind of what the point is. There was no outrage that he was not an American. I think he's British or whatever the hell. He, it was all that he's white, he's white. It, it was people who were, had a knee-jerk reaction to it. They were trained, conditioned to be outraged over something without knowing the truth. And then they found out the truth and surprisingly the truth didn't matter they were still outraged because that's what these people do but only in one direction only ever in one direction which disgusts me which makes me happy that starbucks sort of got screwed okay in other news i I saw these two stories and they kind of both go together they really do and it's because they're both just sad commentaries on where we are as a country, and and what we've become as a species. The first one is from The Hill. RFK Jr.'s success leaves progressives pining for a competitive primary. It says, progressives who have watched Robert F. Kennedy Jr. tease the public are wondering what the lead-up to the 2024 election could have looked like with a more credible primary challenger to President Biden. Now, why isn't RFK Jr. credible? He's a member of the Kennedy clan. Whenever anybody in the Kennedy clan decides to run for office and they're not challenging the political establishment, they're just there to do its bidding and they're finding a way to pass the time between, I don't know, charges... They, they are treated as though they are conquering heroes. They are treated as though they have done something by being part of the Kennedy family. But for some reason, because RFK is anti-COVID vaccine, you know, he's anti-vax, but anti-COVID vaccine in, in specific, that's the problem with it. You know, they never really did any hit pieces on RFK or not that many hit pieces on RFK before he came out to challenge Joe Biden. And he challenged Joe Biden on COVID and the COVID vaccine. And they don't particularly care that he's challenging Joe Biden, these leftists in the media and the left-wing establishment. They care that he's pointing out how those people lied to everybody and continue to lie to everybody. They're still, you'll still see ads, get boosted, get a booster shot. Have you been boosted yet? Get boosted again, get a double booster. What are you doing here? Get a booster while sitting on a booster chair. Get your kids boosted, get your get your fetus boosted, get your sperm boosted. It's like, okay, wait a second. This is a little bit insane here. It doesn't work, okay? Now, it might help you a little bit if you're elderly or have pre-existing conditions and it's your life and it's your body, you do what you want to do. But that's not what these people are pushing. These people are pushing something else. So then progressives who have watched RFK Jr. teased, I don't know how he's teasing the public. They're discontent with Biden, they say, meaning progressives, has grown after he cut what they see as a raw deal over the debt limit and the latest snub from the president who's now running as an outright centrist. This, who, is this, who is this written by? Somebody called Hannah Tundro, or no, Hannah Tudro, Trudeau, sorry, Trudeau, damn dyslexia, T-R-U-D-O, Hannah Trudeau, reporter for The Hill. Now, Joe Biden is running as an outright centrist. Just the other day, he's out there touting about how he and his administration will do everything in their power to make sure that children can have their genitals mutilated, that children can be sterilized. The Nazis weren't that 
fervent in their extermination plans this early in their regime. Yet here is the President of the United States at the White House declaring and demanding that he will do everything and move heaven and earth and oh my goodness, it's terrible and horrible what these people have done to the world at a pride event at the White House. And you're telling me that's centrist? You got topless leftist, I don't know, Are they, you can't say they're lesbians because lesbian is just a non-man. I don't even know what terminology to use anymore. But they're flashing their boobs and dancing around. And like, okay, this is what we've become. This is what the Democratic Party has become. This is what our culture has become to the point that the Hill declares that and the embrace of that and it's not even just the embrace the celebration of that as centrist that's centrist of course that is centrist when you're insane that is centrist when you are a progressive left-wing activist just to, before we get back to the point at hand i want to play you this clip i meant to ha- play it yesterday it's out of burlington massachusetts tv station up there while the administration at the school system up there in the in elementary school was forcing kids, forcing kids to participate in Pride, some kids rebelled. It turns out it was actually a majority of kids, but a lot of kids, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. Now, most of them didn't do anything about it. They, said they were encouraged to wear rainbow crap and just go around and, I don't know, be gay for a day or whatever the hell they were doing. And kids instead were black or red, white, and blue. And this bit of civil disobedience, this thumb in the eye, this spit in the face of these leftist elitists was weirdly not celebrated by those leftist elitists who spend their time encouraging any and everybody to rebel and stick their thumb in the eye of everything and everything. Normal. Look, if there's a Catholic priest that says, hey, you know what? God made a man and a woman and that's it. If you want to go up and protest that and strip naked in front of the pulpit, these people who are upset over what happened in Massachusetts would contribute to your bail fund. I promise you, they would contribute to your bail fund. But instead, you get a, a news report like this. Displays of intolerance and homophobia are unacceptable. This type of intolerant rhetoric starts in the home. Parents angry at town hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kids were asked to wear rainbow clothes in honor of Pride Spirit Day. But some organized a counter protest wearing red, white and blue or black. The principal sharing a statement to families that Pride posters were ripped down, stickers ripped up, some students chanted USA are my pronouns and students showing Pride were intimidated. It was an unruly disruption in fact, that was organized ahead of time. While some parents were upset, others say it was overblown. Some of the kids threw the stickers on the ground. But, you know, I can only speak for my daughter. She just, she didn't want to wear that to school. It's not that she wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. She says her daughter felt coerced to participate in the Pride event and was offended by some of the messages, like this quote from Tennessee Williams. Human heart cannot be straight. It is curves and winds. And my daughter just kind of said, you know, Mom, that's... That's offensive to to me, who I am straight. Yeah, no, you notice the whole tone of that was, my goodness, how can this happen? What an outrage. It's an attack. If you don't celebrate me, it's an attack on me. Well, okay, I'm perfectly content to attack you then, because frankly, 
your existence is not worth celebrating any more than I would expect you to celebrate my existence. What you do, we can maybe talk about. What I do, you may like it or you don't. Doesn't matter. But that is what should be celebrated. Your existence that you're here taking up space, breathing in and out, is not something that I'm going to high-five you over unless you recently had a car accident or something and you came out of it okay. It's not worth celebrating if everybody does it. You're just existing. And if you're gay or trans, and that's what this is, it's just normalizing weirdness. They want to normalize trans. They want to indoctrinate people to accept everything. Next is minor attractive persons. Next is perverts. But these parents, the the news went to parents who are upset, upset over this. Not any of the parents who are, well, they had one, but they, they could have easily found a whole bunch of parents who are like, you know what? This crap doesn't belong in schools. They didn't look for it. It's amazing what you don't find when you refuse to look for it, isn't it? So you watch this garbage and go, oh, they tore down signs. They, they did. First of all, where's the proof? Notice what was missing from that report was any proof whatsoever for any of the allegations. They were harassing students who were celebrating pride. In what way? How? What evidence do you have? So I'm sorry, I'm done taking the word of professional victims who find themselves being victims of something. It's just a load of garbage, but it's where we are as a society. And it's the democratic left, going back to what I talked about yesterday, that has become more extreme than ever possibly imagined in this country. Back to the hill. While Kennedy appears to be having a moment, progressives don't claim him for their cause. Rather, some wish that a more inspirational candidate would have given Biden a real run for the nomination, with a handful still hopeful someone will. Now, what in the hell is wrong with Robert Kennedy? He is as progressive left-wing as the day is long. He is. The problem is he makes the establishment look bad by pointing out their lies on COVID. They don't like that. It's weird, but it is telling about the Democratic Party that telling the truth on any issue, but telling the truth about it is a strike against you. Isn't it? Seems weird. They agree with him on just about everything, except they don't want him running against their puppet, and they don't like the way he called out their lies. Quote, We are renewing efforts to encourage a progressive primary challenge from a visionary office holder, end quote, said Norman Solomon, a two-time delegate for Senator Bernie Sanders, quote, or a major leader of social movements, end quote. (laughs) The person hasn't emerged yet, but it's not for lack of desire. Now think about this. What is Joe Biden's running around going, I'm the most progressive president. He said he wanted to be the most progressive candidate president. He has spent more money than pretty much everybody except for Trump, who's ever been president combined. And he did it in a shorter period of time. He's just spending money like crazy. He has spent more money on the Green New Deal than anybody thought possible, than anybody really warranted. And here they are going, yeah, but still. Not a fan. Don't like it. Not enough. Because they know he is senile. They're embarrassed by him. He's white. He's straight. He's uh, a little handsy with the ladies. They look past all of that because he's what they've got. But every once in a while comes up an opportunity in our system 
to pick somebody else, and they really wish they could pick somebody else. Now, it's telling that Bernie Sanders, that all these other Democrats, that all these leftist organizations, you name it, that all the left-wing superstars on MSNBC, that none of them are willing to step forward to do this. It's telling, isn't it? They know that Joe Biden is their puppet. They know that he's their sock puppet. He's an embarrassment, too. He's damaging to their cause in a lot of ways, and he's wildly unpopular. But he's wildly unpopular because of what he's done and the results of what he's done. And none of these people who swear up and down that they believe in these things, that they know, are willing to step forward and do it. Where is Bernie Sanders? Ber why not? Bernie Sanders has nothing better to do. He's not getting any younger. As crazy as he is, he's at least not senile. But he's getting what he wants. So it's really bizarre to sit there and go, why, why are these people running? They want a more progressive person, except for when you look at it in terms of Joe Biden is senile. And if a Bernie Sanders comes forward, if an Elizabeth Warren steps forward, if a Nina Turner steps forward, or any of these leftists, on, if Stacey Abrams comes out, Stacey Abrams could do this. She comes out, that is an admission that Joe Biden is not there. That's why Gavin Newsom is farting around the edges. That's why Gavin Newsom isn't interested in throwing his hat in the ring. He desperately wants his hat to be in the ring. But he knows that if he announces his campaign, he's going to have to, at a minimum, campaign on some of the lies of Joe Biden, which all Democrats have said were not lies. He's not lying. He's not lying. Which would be a little bit awkward of a way to campaign. And on the fact that he is senile. They also might have to try to defend why it is that Joe Biden's policies have led to such disastrous results. You know, hey, if Joe Biden's inflation fighting act fought inflation, then why do we still have inflation? <laughs> what, what's going on with that? How that we, now, on the inflation front, it's really frustrating because we see these lies every single damn day. The White House is out there claiming that inflation is going away. Inflation is down. Oh my goodness, look at, we're so wonderful. Inflation is only at 4% now. 4%, it's gone down. It's still double what it was when Donald Trump left office. Inflation is. By lot, inflation was around just over 1% when uh, Donald Trump left office. As Andy Pudzer puts it, and this is this is absolutely true, and it used to be the job of journalists to explain this when it comes to the lies in the, the administration. Says this White House claim is misleading. Now their claim is inflation has inflation has fallen by more than half since last summer. Ooh, inflation has fallen. Now it's weird because the cost of things hasn't gone down. The cost of things has continued to go up. And you go, well, wait a second. When is that inflation going to triple trickle down to us? And the answer is it won't. It's not about that. He writes, this White House claim is misleading. Inflation is still increasing. The rate at which it is increasing slowed in May to 4%, on top of an 8.6% increase last year. Inflation is cumulative, like compound interest. On a two-year basis, it has increased about 13%. Prices are rising, not falling. He is absolutely 100% right. You used to not have to have somebody outside of journalism 
point that out. But that's the world we live in now. Journalists wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. They couldn't possibly touch that with a 10-foot pole. There'd be damage to them career-wise if they touched it with a 10-foot pole. So any Democrat who's thinking about challenging Joe Biden would have to point this out. Say, it's great that inflation has slowly slowed increasing, but it's still increasing. We need to do something about that. And none of them want to do that because it would be the end. Or so they think. I mean, honestly, the establishment would never like them. But to tell you the truth, I really think a Democrat could win, the even a left-wing lunatic Democrat could win the primary with that message. I'm not sure how they win the general with that. Being cra- Joe Biden was a, a liar and willing to lie, going, no, 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 I don't want to do I want to do crazy. I want to bring people together. And then he's done nothing but tear people apart. I'm not sure how a Gavin Newsom or a Stacey Abrams, I'm not sure what accomplishments Stacey Abrams can hand her, hang her hat on, or, or Gavin Newsom, really, for that matter. But there is certainly ripe ground, fertile ground, for ripping apart Joe Biden's record. Which brings us to this second part, second prong of the pitchfork sticking in our sides when it comes to our culture and our rot. Yahoo News is from Agency France Press, though. Influencers overtaking journalists as news source, colon, report. Sad, but it's true. TikTok influencers are se- and celebrities are increasingly taking over from journalists as the main source of news for young people, according to a report published Wednesday by the Britain-based Reuters Institute. Now, I don't know why this is a surprise to anybody. I don't know if you remember this. God, what was this now? It's got to be, damn, it's got to be 20 years ago now. When they, the most trusted name in news, a poll of young people, the most trusted name in news was John Stewart. Remember that? The Daily Show. Oh, my, and the media went absolutely crazy with the fawning coverage of John. John Stewart is wonderful. John Stewart was losing in the ratings to reruns of Family Guy on Cartoon Network. But John Stewart was present. He's like, John Stewart was the succession of Comedy Central, of liberal news. Very few people watch succession in the grand scheme of things, but damn, you couldn't escape a whole bunch of people bloviating about how wonderful it. Oh, succession is the greatest show on television. Everybody should be watching it. Well, nobody's watching it. People aren't interested in it because it's, it's kind of a really boring show. I watched it. I was, I kept waiting for something to happen. It's just a, a bad show with bad acting and bad writing. I know that's a wildly unpopular thing to say in terms of the people who say things about that, but it's true. They Nobody would ever get to a point. Nobody would ever say anything. Nobody would ever take a stand. And they're terrible, terrible, awful people. But the left loved it because they thought they were making fun of Rupert Murdoch and Fox. And that was it. Oh, great. This is great. Yes, mock them. Go ahead. We love it because it's attacking our enemies. Nobody watched it except for those people. Same thing with Jon Stewart. Nobody watched it except for those people. Newsweek, Time, all of them, they spent forever writing up what what Jon Stewart said because they wanted to say what Jon Stewart said themselves, they just couldn't. I wrote about this in my book. And John Oliver, nobody watches John Oliver's show. There's a very small audience of choir, they're choir. There's nobody going, I'm, I was convinced by John, uh, John Oliver's monologue. No, 
John Oliver's monologue has a dash of truth and it cuts out the rest of the story to frame it in a way that is most helpful to what he wants to convey. That's it. But they used to write up his monologues. Every single Monday, you could count on Newsweek time and and everything, having a, here's John Stewart eviscerates this industry. John Stewart, or uh, John Oliver blasts this person or this group or this Republicans, blah, 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 blah. Because the journalists really wanted to do those things. But their editors said, you, you're, that's not journalism. You just, you want to run a blog. And we don't do blogging here at Time Magazine. Well, now they do Time Magazine does blogging. So they don't really write them up as much as they used to. It's sad. And that rot that started back with the kissing of John Stewart's posterior, and they still do. The left still loves him like he matters. They gave him a show on Apple to Apple. Gave him, here's a bunch of money. Do a show. The production values and the production costs on John Stewart's television show is, what, 40 bucks? But there's nothing to it. But they gave him a ton of money. Why? Because, well, he's John Stewart. People love John. Everybody at the cocktail party loves John Stewart. When's the last time you talked to somebody who showered from work, not for work? Because I guarantee you, your results of your survey will be dramatically different. But they never do that. The, the people who elevate John Stewart will tell the rest of us what to do. They won't talk to the rest of us unless they're ordering food or something. That's just how they are. But that sucking up and sycophancy, if that's a word, to celebrity, to people who just get attention or spew, get attention for spewing left-wing talking points has led to this point that these journalists who did this have hacked themselves into irrelevancy. The report found that 55% of TikTok and Snapchat users and 52% of Instagram users get their news from personalities compared to 33 to 44% who get it from mainstream media and journalists on those platforms, which are most popular among the young. The figures were based on interviews with some 94,000. This isn't just, you know, most surveys are like, we talked to 1,007 people. This is 94,000 people across 46 countries conducted by the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism, part of Britain's University of Oxford. Quote, while mainstream journalists often lead conversations around news and Twitter and Facebook, they struggle to get attention in newer networks like Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, the report said. This is not by accident. This is the way the left wants it. It's just you have to wonder if these journalists realize that by retweeting all of these people, by getting these dumb people who agree with them, a larger audience, and just sitting by going, hey, look at this, look at this TikTok influencer. I wonder if they realize they're putting themselves out of business. They don't seem to. But you can sit here and you can decry the fall of Western civilization, as you should. You should also recognize again, that this isn't by accident. You wonder why somebody like the weirdo Dylan Mulvaney guy or Jersey Gal or all the the Brooklyn dad and all these weirdo, frankly, jackasses, trolls on Twitter were invited to the White House a while back. Remember that? This is why. They're not out there to educate. They're out there to misinform. 
They are out there to indoctrinate. The Democratic Party in this White House has participated in elevating people who spread ignorance and lies to the point that they're surpassing journalists. And journalists are still sitting there going, yes, thank you, sir, may I have another? That's what I find most funny about this, is the reason that this survey found what it found is because people like President Biden and his handlers have facilitated it. So the next time you're, you know, the pink slips go rolling around, you might want to go, hey, wait a second, we kind of did this to ourselves. We kind of did this to ourselves. This year, thousands upon thousands of journalists have already lost their job in the media business. This story from Axios, just to put a fine point on it, record number of media job cuts so far in 2023. Huh? Yeah. The media industry has announced that at least 17,436 jobs cut so far this year, marking the highest year-to-date level of cuts on record, according to a new report from Challenger Gray and Christmas, whatever that is. The level of cuts is worse than at the outset of the pandemic in 2020, when 16,750 jobs were cut, announced through May. The the news industry is facing huge constraints due to a slowdown in the ad market, debt from consolidation and subscription fatigue. Broadcast, digital, and print news outlets have collectively announced 1,972 job cuts so far this year, surpassing the 1,808 cuts announced in all of 2022. Well, this is what happens when, A, you don't do your job, so you're no longer providing the service you exist to do, or at least your job exists to do, and you have elevated as an industry a whole bunch of, frankly, stupid people to the point that they don't feel like they need you. You keep people stupid. You create the idiocracy, and the idiots will take over. You say, look at this person. They're ele- you should listen to the- this Kardashian or whatever. And like, All right. And then they suddenly become like them. They become ignorant, coupled with a, a wildly uh, inept and corrupt and evil education system. And you begin to see how this ends up being a snake eating its own tail. It's kind of hard to feel bad for these people. I don't want to see anybody suffer as somebody who's, uh, you know, looking for work. It's, it sucks, but you did it to yourselves. You punched yourself in the face and you're complaining about a nosebleed. You did it. Nobody did this to you. So I'll just point that out and sit back and smile quietly to myself, maybe even laugh a little because it couldn't happen to a nicer group of people. The sad part is it's got us all swept up in it as well. You know, it'd be one thing if progressives simply inflicted themselves on each other. I'd sit back and laugh. Let's give them an island somewhere and we'll set up security cameras, make it a subscription service. And I would pay to watch that crap. The thing is, they simply won't leave us alone, which is the problem. And they're coming. They're coming at us like like the tides, man. They are not... Uh, they're coming at us like a tsunami, actually. They're, they're not going to stop. Anyway, I am going to stop. That's enough for today. Hope you're enjoying your Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. If you can't enjoy a Friday, I don't know what to tell you. 
and it's right before Father's Day weekend, so if you've got a father still around, uh, make sure you do more than just call. Call or more more than just call on Sunday. Call every day, where every day you can think of an excuse. My dad would always get mad. He's just calling to check on me. No, I'd have to find some reason to uh, couch it, to pretend. I would, no, I was, did you watch the hockey game? I would have. I would have had a perfect example and and reason to call him with the Stanley Cup Finals. So, yeah, call your dad, call your mom too. That's enough for today. We'll be back to do it again tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Have a good one.